theyeshiva.net. Hey, good morning. Welcome, everybody. We are up to Torah We're learning the Maimah Mayim Rabbim Layuchlu Lachabas Asa'ava. Parshas told us. Page 35. Daf Ches. Column 2. We're holding at the paragraph of Zel. Mayim Rabbim Layuchlu Lachabas Asa'ava. Brief summation of what we learned, and to bring out some of the main points that were explored, is that the relationship between Yitzchak and Rivka represents not just two people, obviously it's two people, but it also represents a general and profound theme that pervades history. And in order to understand this, you have to explain what Yitzchak is and what Rivka is simply in the names. Yitzchak means laughter. Kol HaShemeya, Tzachakli. Rivka means when animals appear together. It's called in Mishnah and Gemara, the Lashon is Rivka, Reish, Reish, Kufay, which would seem like a strange concept to use as a name for a person when animals appeared together. Just like Yitzchak would also seem like a strange concept to associate with a child and call him laughter or he will laugh or a comedy or something that's funny but uh, both of these names represent a profound idea and the, 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 the primary idea that was conveyed was that laughter always comes from his chachos and the terminology of the Balatanya it's from newness that laughter and tainuk unique pleasure is generated, or to put it differently, as we explained, laughter always comes from the unexpected, from that which is novel, from true creativity, from that which is not predictable, you don't, so to speak, see it coming, The un, like in the joke, the unexpected punchline that nobody was expecting or waiting for, if they were waiting for it or they knew it already, then it's not going to uh, tickle the chords of, of humor in the human psyche. What makes people laugh is an interesting study. What happens in the brain to make people laugh? But uh, the way he defines it here is that in order for the for the chords of humor to be tickled, to be triggered, to be aroused, which is in in, in Nister, in, in Kabbalah, and Chassidus, it's called Koyecha Tainuk, a certain component of Tainuk, of pleasure, which in everything this pleasure, and in, in eating this pleasure, and singing this pleasure, and thinking this pleasure, reading this pleasure. But uh, over there the pleasure is, the middle Rebbe has a maimer, we explains this maimer, the son of the Balatanya, so he says in everything this pleasure. But over there it's Tainuk Hamurkov, meaning it's pleasure, it's mixed in with other things. Uh, I'm learning and it's Kishmak, there's also pleasure in it. Uh, Art is pleasurable. I mean, so many things in the world, you look at something, you hear beautiful music, it's pleasurable. It triggers taino. Uh, the idea of humor is, it's just, it's, he calls it taino ka'atsmi. It's just, it's taino not mixed in with anything else. It's, it's laughter for the sake, laughter in itself, in and of itself. And that's a unique chord in the human psyche, that ability just to uh, experience pleasure on its own sake. So the ultimate of it is ozi mole when the entire drama of history unfolds and its purpose is revealed. Until then, 
the focus is the Avaida before the Vihine Toiv Ma'oid at the end of the Avaida, the focus is the Avaida itself, but nonetheless there is the timing that fuels it, it's Chag that fuels it, even though its ultimate realization will be in the future. And what is the most unexpected, and really the only unexpected thing in the world, is, as he said, human idealism, or Bittal Hayesh, or the person in the world, which seemingly is uh, completely uh, detached from any wholesome divine core, and nonetheless the person surprises himself or herself every single day and realigns the yesh, the separateness, with the ayin, with the source of everything, and does not, and refuses to give in to the predictable, which the predictable is that the person is selfish, narcissistic, beastly, uh, despondent and disconnected from themselves and the world and Hashem. That's the ultimate schoik, which can only come from schoik asali alikim, can only come from the concealment alikim, which conceals yutke vafke, shemesh amagan Hashem alikim, and therefore gives rise to a whole reality where the person could easily feel alienated and severed in whatever manifestation that may take. It could take on so many different forms in every person's life individually and collectively, <laughs> but the common denominator is that when a person serves and becomes an you work through, like Ma'abed, you work through the Hester, you don't get this ball, you don't get affected from darkness in any way. You know that deeper there is something waiting, and what's waiting is the ability to transform it, the ability to see through it, the ability to excavate, so to speak, the chayshah, and come to the oir of their wholesomeness, of their divinity, of their kedusha, of their godliness. person naturally feels like, the Gemara says, in three things with daimon le behema, and uh, some even like to argue that we are behemas, essentially, entirely, uh, evolved from behemas. All that is just a, pat, is just a rem- manifestation of one truth, and that is, you could look at yourself your whole life and just see yourself as that. And everything else is just a pl- it's just playing out that reality. And yet, the person realizes that there's so much more and there's so much deeper and therefore transforms. Who was the paradigm of transformation? The paradigm of transformation, that's Rivka. And that's where Yitzchak and Rivka's connection come in, both the, the relationship between them and also spiritually what Yitzchak and Rivka represent. And this is not only true spiritually, it's also true very practically. Because the interesting thing is, and this I guess has to be emphasized, Yitzchak and Rivka were very opposite people in nature. You see throughout the Chumash, even the same children, Yitzchak had a liking to Esau, Rivka had a liking to Yaakov. That's a serious disagreement. When it comes to the Brachas, the Barshas told us, this disagreement is not a small disagreement, it changes history. Yitzchak wants to give the blessings to Esau, and Rivka not only disagrees, but concocts a whole strategy how to maneuver the situation and make sure that Yaakov receives the blessings. Yitzchak, we see throughout the Chumash, is intro, what we would call in English, so to speak, introverted. He's a very internal person. In Zayar it says he's Midas Hagvura, Midas Hayira, versus Avram, who's Midas HaChesed. Avram is, so to speak, extroverted. Avram travels the world. Avram is connected to the world. Avram is out there constantly. 
And uh, the Rambam says, and looks over the Zohar of Rome, would travel from city to city and lecture everywhere and gather masses of Romavinu who would have rallies where he would speak and articulate. He's the ultimate. The disposition is completely different. In many ways, opposite. And it will come out in their children. And in every story it comes out. Yitzchak and Rivka, sometimes you have a husband and wife that have many similarities. There's always differences. Yitzchak and Rivka in many ways are opposites. At first glance, if you want to apply this in a very practical way to our lives, Yitzhak and Rivka should have not gotten along very well. Especially when they disagree about kids. Especially after the story with the Brachas. After the story with the Brachas, you would expect Yitzhak to call him Rivka. Say, Rivka, let us... This is not going well. I mean, I'm I'm trying to do one thing and everything I'm trying to do, you're going to usurp me. I mean, this is kind of shalom bias like this. And yet it's interesting. You see, Sarah gets upset at Avram Avinu, Hamas Yalecha. Yaakov gets upset at Rachel. However you understand these upsetness. With Yitzhak and Rivka, you never have a moment of upsetness. It's the only one that after the marriage, it says, he loves it. doesn't say by Avram and Sarah. By Yaakov it says before. And then later it says, Vayav, Gamas, Rachel, Mileya, in contrast to Leia. The only one that it says after the wedding. Vayav, Yaakov, Rachel says before the wedding. That's by a lot of people. The Chiddush by Yitzchak and Rivka is it says afterwards. Vayavya, Yitzchak, Oyehelen, Chayasara. And then Vayavya, Rabshim Shurifal Hirsch has a whole nice tickle on this. It's Chumash. The love that comes afterwards. Sometimes the more you get to know somebody, it's the opposite. The less I know you, I love you. After, becomes more complicated because now you really know the person. That was the Chiddush by Yitzchak and Rivka, and you would think it would be the exact opposite. So what's the Nekud in this? So that's what the Balatanya says, it's all in one Pasek. And Avimelech is the one who hit the jackpot with this when he said, Vihina Yitzchak mitzachek es Yitzchak and Rivka had one quality that many, many couples need to have. And that is, I'm applying this to practical life based on the ideas here. And that is, they knew how to laugh. They understood the secret of humor. They understood the power of metzachek. Yitzchak and Rivka understood for their relationship, not only to be maintained, but to be powerful, they have to learn and discover the art of laughter, which Yitzchak was already trained with, because he was named with that name. His mother and father knew that Yitzchak is going to need this ingredient. Now, it's not just the ability for a husband and a wife to laugh, to enjoy, that also, but it represents something. And that is to be able to appreciate the uniqueness of the unexpected. Not to, to be rigid and frigid and fixed. This is it, and this is how it's going to remain. Yitzchak mitzachek esrifke ishtoy. Yitzchak learned that the greatest schoik will only come through the connection, the relationship. Tafka with Rivka, and of course Rivka the same thing. For Yitzchak and Rivka to drift into different paths, that would have been predictable. That every Chacham could say, yeah, this is not going to work. Of course it's not going to work. Why should it work? You're you, you're you. Of course, it's always that way. You're you, the other person is them. They have different natures, different wants, different desires, different appetites. They even like different colors. This one likes milchiks, this one likes fleshiks. This one wants the window shades open, window shades closed, lights on, lights off. This one has this, this perspective, that perspective. Of course it's not going to work. That's all in a predictable world. A world where everything follows a certain pattern and you don't deviate from that pattern. 
The chiddush of a person is that which seems easy not to work, you're going to make it work. In other words, you're going to generate an unexpected punchline. You're going to generate a tzchoik, a kind of a laughter that comes precisely from looking at a situation and then seeing that which is not fixed. Seeing the ability for, for growth, for transformation, for, for flexibility, for going much deeper, that's the tzchoik that comes out Afka through Rivka. It's the art of humor that didn't only keep them close together, but it allowed a very powerful connection, a very powerful relationship that couldn't happen any other way. Any other way. They surprised each other. What would this mean very practically? Practically, it would mean imagine a husband and a wife can have such a conversation. At the present moment, we're supposed to get into an argument. We know that. <laughs> and we could follow the same patterns of five years, ten years, eighteen years. He says, she says, she says, he says, he says, she says. We know exactly. This happens. He reacts. She reacts. He reacts. He reacts. And anybody who's a little bit of a maven in these things could already predict. Yeah, there was a physicist who said, if you give me all the information about the physical world, I'll predict the entire future. I don't need anything else. He didn't know about quantum mechanics. That's tzchayk. So the same thing. If you can have all the information about two people, some people say, I'll predict exactly what's going to happen in the next seven years. You don't even have to bother doing it. <laughs> we'll just, we'll do the script. It's good. And it's, it's every day, it's every day the same thing, even if it's in different words. Today it's about the child. Tomorrow it's about Shabbos. The next day it's about guests. The next day it's about Pesach. The next day is where we're having a Hanukkah party. It's the Zalba Machloikas in an Andadavete. Because it's the same insecurities. We have to use the word trauma. It doesn't work without it. It's the, it's, the, it's the same insecurities being triggered. It's the same traumas being triggered. It's the same issues. Today it plays itself out in Hanukkah. Tomorrow it's going to be Purim. The next day it's going to be Pesach. And the next day it's going to be about, about your daughter, about your son, about the school, about the job, about the finances, about the house, about Muncie, about waking up in the morning and leaving the house or not leaving the house. But that's only the Hechitimtza. The Nekudas are always the same. The Nekudas are two people following the patterns, the scripts of their psyches, consciously and usually unconsciously, and clashing. Where does human creativity begin? When you stop that and you say, okay, I, we can go this way, but why don't we turn this into a joke? <laughs> Turning it into a joke doesn't mean it's not serious. Turning it into a joke means... Why don't we turn this into an opportunity to laugh? What's the ability to laugh? The ability of the laugh is don't stay stuck in that pattern. Go out of the box. Look at it. See that happening. And then say, you know what? Today, I'm going to respond this way instead of that way. And as we spoke many times, this doesn't mean that you respond the other way. Avoidus habirurim, as he calls it, means the moment you're aware of it, you could respond another way. doesn't mean that you eliminate any other element. It means you become aware of the pattern. You're aware where the choo-choo train. You know the tracks, and you say, you know what? Tonight, today, the response, I'm going to choose a different response. And when that happens, Hashem looks back and says, wow, that was funny. That was funny. That was a good one. That was a good one. That creates time also in the person. That was unexpected. That was unexpected. So if you're following the expected, fine. Laughter in life always comes from the unexpected. Within yourself also. You haven't spoken to somebody in five years. 
because of a serious issue, something happened. You decide enough is enough. Enough is enough. It's time to make up. No need to be a fight in the family or a fight in the business or a fight in the, in the community, etc. You call. Text doesn't work with this. The call. And you call. Now we're going to have uh, Bissel Kainer. <laughs> it's all harmony. So, uh, that, uh, <laughs> so, the, so you want to call. And of course, you're calling the person and you hang up the phone three times. Because you get, what is it called? Uh, butterflies in the stomach or anxiety. And you hang up. And then, of course, you justify, I shouldn't be doing it. He should call, of course. And then you explain that and you find probably Allah and Shulchan Aruch. All the reasons, but they're all reasons of fear. Just try to keep you stuck in this place. Which is a little bit more comfortable. It's what the Jewish people always say, Nitna Reish bin Ashuva Let's just go back to the familiar. It was a horrible place in Egypt. But there were cucumbers in Egypt that were free. They will kratzois. The psyche will kratzois every excuse to keep you in your own Mitzrayim. Or what some people would call in your addictions, in your in your comfort zone. There was free fish by the Nile Delta. They had free fish. Today they would call it sushi. Then they called it Zachainuas Hadogash and Mechutlam. Kishuyim, Avatichim. They had onions and garlic and lemon and they got excited. Stockholm Syndrome. Yes, Stockholm Syndrome. Aye, they were drowning your poor, your kinderlachasunachwanulatslam. Aye, they were enslaving you and trying to commit genocide. But there was free lemon, there were free uh, onions. So there were free cucumbers or squash and lemons in, in Mitzrayim. No, Mela Aglik is Megashat. What's the Pshat? The Pshat is, it's familiar. The familiar is always more safe than unfamiliar. Not because it's better, it's killing you. But at least it's familiar. Schoik means never be afraid of the unfamiliar terrain. Never be afraid of exploring that which is not familiar, which is not predictable. Of course, this doesn't mean it's a mitzvah to take a path. If you're driving, not to go on the highway, to take a path. We're talking about something that can lead to a productive life. The mitzvah here is not to go off a path because everyone drives on it and therefore have to go through the forest, travel through the forest where you're endangering yourself. We're talking the fact that a person knows that this can be transformed, this can be dealt with. This That was the koyach of Yitzchak and Rivka. Yitzchak mitzachik as Rivka Yitzchak and Rivka understood that laughter will only come from their connection. So not only did their differences not tear them apart, their differences actually brought them closer because it gave each of them an opportunity for laughter every single day. And that was the power of that relationship. They didn't have to be the same. They could be different. On the contrary, Yitzchak only happens when we're different because then it's very unexpected. If we're exactly identical then of course the relationship works. When we're different, then who's not different? God made men and women to be different. There's of course many similarities, but there's many differences. Sometimes it's it's stark differences. But if a person could look at the difference, not as an invitation to fight, but as an invitation to surprise yourself, to flex your muscle, so to speak, to, to, to flex like in a, in, in a dance where you have to flex your limbs and flex your organs and expand... And go to places that, yes, you know, when you when you flex your body, 
in different types of movements, it could be shocking for the muscles. And the muscles will say, don't, 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 don't do this. But when you stretch, there's a special sensation, a special feeling that comes from the fact that you went beyond, beyond the limit. That's always the source of tzchoi kantainu on every level, physical, emotional, psychological, spiritual, and even physical. That's what happened with Yitzchak and Rivka. Rivka ultimately now in Ruchnius represents in every person's avoidance the idea of the animals coming together, which means that an animal soul naturally is completely focused on itself. And when the Nefesh of Bahamas is elevated, when there's laughter created, when you refine yourself, when you refine your animal, when you find the idealism in yourself, what happens is Rivka. They peer together. A unity is created. As we said, the closer you come back to the source, the more unity. So the Tzchoyk of Yitzchak, who represents the Tainug of Hashem, which will be Nizgalah only came through Rivka. And then comes the last point, and that's the reason why it was Rivka who had to go down to the well. Vateirid ha'ayin v'atamali kad. Eliezer says, Hine anoychi mitzvah alein and here he gave a gewaldic diuk that a noichi is a remez for a noichi Hashem alakecha, which would be the beginning of Torah. Ayin. Oyu atvarim ha'el asher, anoichi b'tzavcha yakmalavavecha. These are the words that I, anoichi, me, I am standing alayin ha'ayin. Because when it's not at a river, we're talking here about the ain, the invisible wellspring, back to the beginning, if you remember the beginning of the the invisible wellspring, that's the shayrish of all the rivers. That's what stands Alein Amoy. That's where Torah Mitzvahs come from. Torah Mitzvahs come from the Eid Saif itself. Asher Anoichi Mitzavcha. That's where Torah Mitzvahs come from. Who goes down to that well of the infinity and draws out the water, but Kada, and fills up the Chavdalad, Svarim Da'iraisa, meaning retrieves, retrieves from infinity. And what's the word? Queries, queries out of the, out of the, out of the Mayan of infinity, the Torah and the mitzvahs, the mother of this person is Rivka, which is an interesting thing you see, Chazal say Rashi brings that when Eliezer gave her the gifts, he gave her a bekel, a gulgoylis for machtas hashekel, he gave her two bracelets for the shtei luchas, asara zav, asara sadibris, you're coming to find the shidduch for Yitzchak, he's starting to give her gifts that represent asara sadibris, but the luchas for the machtas hashekel, what, where, when? It's going to happen hundreds of years later. The pshat is even in pshat. Even if you go, you don't have to go deeper. You see Rashi already that in this, in this, in these gifts, in this shidduch was being built, the home that will ultimately create the foundation of the people that can receive Torah. Who can who can go down to the well? Not Yitzchak. Not even Eliezer. Nobody can go down to the well. Only the person who's Rifka, the person who's ready to challenge their animal beastly soul and transform it, and create unity within a world of fragmentation and diversity, that is the person who can ultimately bring down the anoichi, the ultimate core, the ultimate infinite, undefined essence, into the physical world, which is the whole function of Torah and Mitzvahs, as he explained, to transform Klippas Noiga, to transform the whole Klippa of the world, Klippas Noiga, into Kedusha, into Elikos, which is what every single Mitzvah does, no difference which Mitzvah, whether it's Trumas, or Maestris, or Tzaka, or Tfilin, or Mezuzah, you're always dealing with the material, and which is what the whole Torah does, because the, most of Torah, as he said, Zerayim, and Mayad, and Nashim, and Ezekiel, Kachim, Taris, is always, most of it, if not all of it, is dealing with, Material world, mitzvahs, maestrias, whether you're dealing with agriculture or kabonis, 
or or astronomy or animals or whatever you're dealing with properties, whether it's Baba Basra, you're always dealing with with the physical world and you're transforming it. So Malachim, they can't get to Torah because they don't have a Yitzhahara. There's no Rifka by Malachim. And therefore there's no Tzchayk by Malachim. Who can access the Anoichi, who can access the Mayan is only the Rifka, the person of transformation. And here, here, comes out the real reason for this. The real reason for this is that uh, That, that the only definition we have for Hashem is that we have no definition. In other words, the moment we define God, it's already not God. There's no definition for Hashem. The moment there's a definition, it's already not that. It's our picture of it. Even a very spiritual definition. There's no definition. The one definition that we have is, therefore, that there's no definition. It's surprise. It's not fixed. There's no picture of it. Physical picture, or emotional picture, or spiritual picture. And that's why we call it Hashem. Hashem means the name. The name, as we said many times, is the way I call you. It's not who you are. The name that people have is the name that they're known. Hashem means the name. And when we talk about God, we always have to acknowledge it's our way of talking about it. Whatever I'm thinking, when I'm talking about it, it's the name. I'm describing my experience of it. Like describing the sun by a ray that comes into the room. And I'll say, what's the sun? Look at the light that comes into the room. Well, not much now, but uh, you understand the point. That's the whole sun. It's how I'm experiencing the sun. Is it true? It's true. The ray comes into my basement. That's true. Does that capture the whole sun? Does it capture 5%? 10% doesn't capture even a fraction of a fraction. But it's still true. It's still true. So, Kivayachal, what's the Kali? So, here we, here is where it comes together. Where does the person ultimately connect to the deepest place of reality, to the deepest place of the divine? If within themselves, they find that which is undefined, which is the idea of Tzchayk. In other words, we find God most in situations in life when we don't take things the way they are, but we surprise ourselves. When, when, in, when in life something looks one way, and you have the courage to say, I know it looks this way, I know it feels this way, but I have the ability to go deeper and shock that and define that and redefine that, that's where the human creativity touches the ultimate mayan, the ultimate invisible well, which can't be defined. When I live life in the predictable, in the pattern, I touch predictable energy. Where do I touch the nekuda of anoichi? I touch the nekuda of anoichi when I touch the nekuda of my anoichi, so to speak, which is never defined in one way, which is the concept of tzchayk. Yeah. Now let's see further. And this is the deeper meaning in the post. Many waters. So the Zoyar types, Mayim Rabbim is not like another Pshat and Tsunamis, raging waters, distresses of life, which is another Pirish. 
But here the Zoyar interprets it as a very lofty thing. Mayim Rabmar, all the great rivers. As he said in the beginning of the Mayimir, Nahari Law, the Mehe Nafkin are in the ultimate river as he types to the river that comes into Ganadin. From there come out the great rivers. And that's the Mayim Rabman that can't extinguish the love, which the those Mayim Rabban represent the rivers coming into Ganadin. What do you mean they don't? They're not competing with love. On the contrary, they're all divine expressions. Pidush. Mayim Rabbim, who I is burning us, other massacum is burning, Bigdullah Hashem, be Yehudi love, Yehudi Tata, the Pasuk Shmai, Solo Boro Shepherd Malchusel and Amva. Mayim Rabbim represents also the raging waters of his burning of contemplation, of meditation, that a person internalizes and comprehends, appreciating the truth and the relevance. Gdullah Hashem literally means greatness, but I think the real translation, greatness, not just that he's great. Means the relevance of God, that it's 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 it permeates you. It's it's you. It's who you really are. Means you appreciate the infinity of it, the truth of it, the relevance, the relevance of Hashem in your life. When a person really gets this, whether it's a higher level of unity or a lower level of unity, which he's not, doesn't get it. It's discussed in other Maimarim. in Zoyer. It says there's two types of perceptions of Hashem's unity, this is what's called Yichud Yilah, that Shema Yisrael, and Baruch Shem Kred Malchusel, and what is Yichud Yilah, is a lower level, a lower perception of unity. Both represent unity, both represent oneness, but there's what's called a higher consciousness of unity, a lower consciousness of unity, which here is not the focus of this, but when a person appreciates either one, which naturally will produce an emotional inspiration, when somebody sees the relevance of something and the oneness and the connection, there's an excitement, there's a passion. And the real the, the person who is sincere. So this love can be very deep, very great, to the point of a thirst. What the Pasa continues, with all your might, without limit. Shouldn't think that I'll be able to quiet or still or quench this thirst of love through the water itself, through the hisbainanus itself, through the meditation, through the awareness, through the mindfulness, through the contemplation, through the hisbainanus itself that you understand. Do not think that this love will be satisfied, that you will quench the thirst through this type of awareness and contemplation and learning and meditation and really getting into it. This Why sounds, not? This sounds like a very revolutionary statement for, for the... For yes. The, like we spoke about in terms of Hasidus. Yes. He's basically saying all the dveikas, all the yes, uh, shuttling yes, yes. is not where it's going to be at. Yes. <laughs> the ultimate ava will not be satisfied through this type of hisbainanus. Even though, what do you mean? This is the bread and butter that's fueling the love. This type of meditation and this type of dveikas and this type of spiritual ecstasy. And the answer is, Kiyim rots lipcha shuvla echot. This is a statement from Sefer Yitzira. When your heart is running, go back to one. What's pshat? Hudafka The person must come back, so to speak. To Torah mitzvahs, Maisiyas, learning Torah, 
and mitzvahs. In Maisa, Shazel Pchinis, Hashem Anoichi Mamash Metzavcha, because then he'll be able to touch the Anoichi. Yeah, yeah. The essence, the Anoichi, he'll be able to touch through this. Even though, Lechayr, it would be Fakert. In spiritual experiences and meditation, you get much more. Person is learning in Torah, doing a mitzvah, a poil. It seems to be sometimes dull. It can even be boring and monotonous, and it could be boring and monotonous. So it would seem that where do you touch truth? You touch truth in the spiritual contemplation. That's a much more spiritual experience that feels much more godly. So he says, Ataka feels more godly. But this Ava that the soul is looking for will never be silenced with that. Only through the Anoichi. Mashen can be a Diyav is Lavad. When a person knows awareness and contemplation, it's knowing his mitzias. It's knowing about the reality. But it's not the which would be like grabbing and fetching and holding on to his essence. Yidiyas hamitzias is a great thing, but it's not fisib musevats musa. An example would be, as there's an expression, the map is not the territory. The map is not the territory. The map teaches you about the territory. In fact, you'll know about the territory through the map much more than by being in the territory. But when I'm looking at Italy on the map, I see a boot. And I can analyze the boot and dissect the boot and take a picture of it. And I'm an expert on Italy. But I never touched Italy. I never touched the soil. When you're sitting here right now in New York City, you can't see what New York City looks like. You don't have the bird's eye view, the detachment. So the map is very tempting because the map gives you the picture. But the map doesn't allow you access. You're not touching the soil itself. So he says, his boinenus, all awareness of the divine is Yidiyas Hametzias. It's like the map. You get to know more and more and more, which is great. But where's the mohus? Where's the tfisa? Where do you hold on? It's like a person waxes about love and about a relationship, but they never actually hold on to it. They never touch, touch the pulse of the other person, the actual connection, the actual relationship, the experience of the relationship itself beyond the appreciation of it, the awareness of it. And sometimes in the experience itself, you don't have that glamour. I don't see what New York looks like when I'm touching the soil, but I'm in it. I'm inside of it. I can't see it because I'm inside of it. When I'm outside of it, I can see it. So I know the Mitzias, but I don't have it. I have the map. I don't have the territory. The map is not the territory. Isn't that true of one's inner world too? Yes. It's a map, but you can't touch the earth. Yes, yes. So some of us only live in the map. Some of us, our whole life, we live in the map. We have like pictures. We look at ourselves. We have pictures. We take pictures of what Italy looks like. All in Russia, we take pictures of our mind and our heart. But I never, I'm never inside it. I take a picture of it. I look at it. And it's a very safe place. <laughs> With a map, you could travel the world. It's free. You have a globe in your dining room. And you go here, you go there, you go there. But you're not there. You don't touch it. So Kibayachal, he says, With Hashem himself, all the Hizbaidinos, all the Yediyah and all that, it's all Yediyah Samatsiyas. The Tfisib and Mohusivat Smusi, the grabbing on, that's a whole different Indian. They have mitzvahs maisiyas. They are amach pikud and inu ramach in the malka. On this desire says the 248 mitzvahs are the ramach evarim, the 248 limbs of the king. What does he try to say the zoyar? 
When I hop you on, I hop you on, I hug you. I take your arms, I take your feet, I take your head, I, t- I touch your heart, I embrace you. I'm touching your Evarim the Malka. The mitzvah's Maisius in Yiddishkeit, that's the tfis of Evarim the Malka. The Jew who's learning Torah, he's being toifus, he's toifus, and that's not in the Ratz Libcha, that's in the Shuvla Echot. His essence, va'atzmusay, and his core, his etzem, his atzmius. Yes, even deeper. Even, this is even in this world. This is in this world. Even in Ganeiden. Which in Ganeiden you have asagas ha-mohus. Not only asagas ha-metziyas. Metziyas is... Metzius of something is the existence of something. Mohus of something is the, Mohus comes from the word mahu, the essence, the core. There's Hasagas HaMetzius and Hasagas HaMohus. Hasagas HaMetzius is, you hear about something, it's described to you. So you understand the reality, but you don't get its core. Then when you see it, you see it, it's Hasagas HaMohus. In this world, our awareness of the divine is always Metzius. In Gan Eden, it's Hasagas HaMohus. Why? Because the Ziv HaShchin Emamish, V'loi Metzius so L'chayr over there, it's much deeper. Im kol zeh, nonetheless, even in Ganeid, now zeh nemar. On this, the post says, Mayim Rabbim. Hanim shochim inara yotzim Eden. Even the Mayim Rabbim that come from the Nohar, that comes out of Eden to be mashke the Gan, lo yuchlu l'chabas ha'ava, the b'chinnas Rivka. The Ava of Rivka. The Ava that Rivka has. Rivka represents the soul down here in this world. Encumbered by everything in this world. Which has an Ava, which has a yearning to connect. Which has an, a yearning to go out of its encasement and touch true reality. So this it will never be quenched, even with Mayim Rabbim of Ganadin itself. Why? The Postic says in Tehillim, says in Tehillim, Who do I have in heaven? And with you I desire nothing on earth. So literally, the Pshat is. Like we said earlier in the Maimah, who do I have in heaven? With you I desire nothing on earth. I have you, I'm good. He touches here, Mili Bashamayim refers to Ganeidin Aelian. Vim Chalechafatzdibarts refers to Ganeidin Atachtin. Even that, Dover Amalek says, it's not satisfying. Ki Hagilu Shabbat Ganeidin, the revelation in Ganeidin, Nikri Ziv, Vehaore, Nikri Rak Ziv, Arabalvat. It's called, the Gemara calls it Ziv Hashchina, which Ziv is only a ray, a glimmer. Vinikra, that's why it's called Lakabal Pras. When we want to talk about a spiritual prize, Chazal always have the expression, like in Perkeovas and other places, Pras. What's Pras? The word in English, prize, comes from the word Pras. I think it's a Greek word, if I'm not mistaken. One of the other languages, Pras, which means a prize, Pras. But we know that Pras really in Lashon Kodesh has a different meaning. We use it on Shabbos or on Pesach. What do we call it? A prusa. There's the shlema and there's the prusa. The prusa is a broken piece of bread. And the shlema is a whole piece of bread, right? So when you have to make a bracha on bread in the middle of the week and you have a shlema, you have a whole piece of bread or a whole challah and you have a broken, the Allah is you make on the shlema. Unless it's a completely different type and you don't want it. But you make, if you, if you, if you want both, you make on the shlema. Not on the prusa. Pras means a piece, a fragment. Something broken off of something else is called a prusa, a shtickle. A shtickle broit is called a prusa, a piece that's broken off. So the Balatanya types is that the pshat lekabel pras. In other words, when we say don't focus on a prize, so 
when you look at it, it doesn't explain why. When you understand the deeper meaning of every word, it doesn't only tell you a fact, it also tells you why. In other words, whenever you understand the real interpretation of any word, you'll see that every statement is coming also with an explanation. So when it says, don't focus le cabal pras, it means don't focus on the prize. But when you understand what pras means, it also gives you the explanation. Le cabal pras, what's that le cabal pras? Loshem prusa, Because it's only a prusa, it's only a piece. Do you want the peace or do you want the truth? This ava is to the essence. It's because I don't want the pras. In other words, Ganeidin and all the Giluyim Lamaila are all a ziv. It's a pras. It's a piece. It's a fragment of the divine. The way it's experienced in Ganeidin. The way the Mayan comes into the Nar. Where does one touch the essence? Where does one touch the core? We can the true Ava. The Ava is not just, I want a peace. I want the light. I want to feel good with you. I want you. I want you in your core. I want you in your undefined essence. I want the Anoichi. The Anoichi Nitzvah Mayim. That's going to be in the Vetamale Kada. That's going to be in the Torah. And in the mitzvahs, even in the mitzvahs, in the dafka, in the mitzvahs, the way they come down into this world, which all deals with the physical world, side the Torah and side the mitzvahs. That pshat rivers can't drown this love. Here comes one of his other types. We say in the Haggadah from Yahushua, your forefathers lived on the other side of the river. That's why Avram is called Avram Ha'ivri. Ivri is the Hebrew. Comes from the word Aver, Ivri, because Avram came. Everybody said he's the refugee. What they used to call the Griner. You know, they came from the other side of the Atlantic. Avram was the Griner. He didn't grow up in Canaan. He grew up in Iraq. May Avram on the other side of the river, on the other side of the Euphrates, the other side of the Tigris River, and he crossed the river and or the Jordan River, and he came. He came to Eretz Yisrael. And they came. That's al pipshat, but it also means something else. Shepchines ave rabba hanal himagas lemaila filu mepchines hanor hanal shomake kol anaharis meaver hanor yashua sechem. Our forefathers are rooted beyond the river. The river that comes out of Eden to irrigate the Gan is the Zivashchina. It's the river that comes out of the well to give the ray of God in Gan Eden. But Avaysechem, your fathers are rooted beyond the river. There's a love beyond the river. The river is the way it's restricted in a spiritual experience which comes out in the Nar. But we all know that the Mayan is invisible and the Mayan is much deeper than the Nar. The Ava of Neshama Sisrael, the Ava is not just to the river. And therefore, it's not going to be satisfied by the river. It's looking for the essence. It's looking for the ultimate truth. It's looking for the ultimate core. It's not satisfied with a pras. I don't only want a piece of you the way it makes sense to me, the way I appreciate it, the way I enjoy it. I want, I want the essence. I want the core. I want the full, full truth. And that's the question in life. What is a person, what is a person satisfied with? Which aspect is a person satisfied with? If, is a person satisfied? What, <laughs> if you have a choice, so a question you have to answer. If you have a choice in life, one choice is you get the pras, and the pras always makes you feel good, because it's, it's limited, it trickles down. You can sit at the feet of somebody that always, it always makes sense. It always builds you up. It feels good in your psyche, because it's a pras. 
And a pras means it's a little piece. It's the ray of the sun that comes in and makes you warm and hot and brings you light and it's beautiful. Or, or, you can get that which is the truth. But the moment you go there, it's not going to be a pras anymore. It's the core essence. And that means the person, the eye of the person will be challenged at its core. That will remind, demand a bittel, a completely different type of bittel, completely different type of uh, sense of transcendence or self-nullification. Which one does a person really want? Sometimes you say, I just want the pras. I want to find myself. I want to find myself in the truth. I don't want to lose myself in the truth. I think that's the best way of saying it. There's only one problem. To find yourself in the truth, you can't get too much truth. <laughs> If you want to find yourself in the truth, but how much truth is it going to be? It's going to be the truth that allows me, it has a special place for me to sit, back seat, to watch the truth. If I want truth, I have to be ready to lose myself in the truth. And that's the big difference, even in the highest spiritual places. People want truth. I want the experience of it. In other words, I'm looking for pras. So Chazal say, you look, don't look for pras, which is the prusa which is a fragment, which is great. It's unbelievable. That's what Ganeitin represents. But your soul is rooted beyond the Nohar Yoytzim That's why in Chumash, the drama of creation begins with the Nohar, but the story of Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov begins it goes beyond that river, beyond the river that comes out into the Gan. And therefore, Mayim Rabim, that river, can't quench this love. The love will not be quenched through the flow of the river because the Ava is deeper even than that river and all the rivers, certainly all the rivers that come afterwards, but even that river. So if, if even Mayim Rabbim, which is the river, will not silence and quench the thirst, certainly Naharis, the many rivers, will not quench the thirst because they're rooted in the Ever Hanar Yashua so therefore, Mayim Rabbim Yuchlu Lechaba says Ha'ava. There's something that even Ganeidin can't do for the soul. So David Amalek says, Mili Bashamayim. Shamayim is not going to do this for me. Eretz is not going to do this. Even Ganeidin Elyon and Ganeidin Atachten. What will? What will? Paradoxically, coming back into the in, in the, the involvement within the physical world, where you have the Torah and the Mitzvahs, which Lechayda don't seem very holy and spiritual always. But over there you have the anoichi mitzav chayim. Over there you have the essence of everything. The anoichi nitzav alein hamayim. Something Oh, 
So what we learned, the summation was that uh, there is the river and there is the well, there is the Nahar and there is the spring, which is beyond the river. Rivka manages to get into the well, into the Mayan, and to retrieve from there the Kad of water, her jug of water physically. And spiritually, what it represents is that it's precisely when a person manages to uh, confront. So it's per- And it's precisely through Rivka that one can get into the well, which represents every story in Torah is not just a physical story, but it's also a symbolic story, that it's precisely one's work and sometimes one's struggle with the various animal souls forces that exist within them, which as a result of that, a person has to deal with any type of feeling that arouses from the nefesh Bahamas from the animal soul, which includes all types of emotions and experiences, 
that don't, that cover up, the klipa that covers up the truth of how infinite, how holy, how sacred, how beautifully, how impeccable, how divine, how flawless the human soul is. And when I confront, when I deal, when I sublimate my animal soul, I I don't run away from it. Precisely that allows me to access my mayan and not only my river, my wellspring and not only my river. Sometimes people ask, and it's a good question. I'm not sure the answer is as good as the question, but it's not an answer as an answer. It's just a perspective. There are different types of answers. There are answers that give answers and explain why. Then there are answers that give perspective, not why, but what to do about it. In life, the ultimate questions probably don't have easy answers or sometimes no answers. But the greatest answer is not always why. Why am I dealing with this? Why did this happen when I was a child? Why did this happen in my youth? Why did this happen in my business? Why did this happen in my marriage? Why did this happen in my yeshiva? Why did this happen here or there or there? Those uh, those questions are not really answerable, at least not by a regular boss of Adam, as the as we say in davening of Yom Kippur, Ata Yudeya, Rose Yoylam Vesalumois Sisre Kolchoi. You know the secrets of the universe and the secrets, the hidden layers of every single living creature. Moshe Leib Sasever once said, Ata Yudeya, Rose Yoylam, you know the secrets of the world. Rose Torah, the secrets of Torah, that some other people also know. Some of the big tzaddikim, Goimim, Kabbalim, also knew some of the Rosei Torah, the secrets of the Torah. That's Rosei Torah. But Rosei Oilam, the secrets of the world, how the world runs, that's Atta Yedeya. Only you know. Humans don't know this. Even Moshe Rabbeinu struggled with this question, the Gemara says, in Brachas Davzayin of Tzadik Viraloi, why bad things happen to good people, etc. Ramavino, Moshe, the greatest of the great, because the secrets of the world you know. So the question is not always, the question must be phrased not as why, but more as what's what's my role now? What is my opportunity now? What is my calling? What is my calling now? And here we confront this question really. A person often asks why, <clears throat> as I peel the layers of the onion, which is a form of klipa, shell, and I peel one layer, there's another layer, and then another layer, and another layer. And uh, it becomes very, very frustrating. It often becomes very annoying. There are people sitting here in this room who have uh, been struggling with certain dark challenges or demons for many, many years. And uh, even though they have made a lot of progress, which is extraordinary, but you can't say, you know, when is it, when can I relax on my hammock with a pina colada and move to Florida, move to Palm Beach, Florida, or the Swiss Alps, and sit in absolute serenity and tranquility. But that's where the rivers are. The Maya, the wellspring, the true wellsprings of Ain Soif, of absolute truth and infinity, that you can't find even in Ganeidin. Where does one find that? This is Afke Rivka could reach it. And Rivka is the mother of the Jewish people. This was the moment that created her Shidduch with Yitzchak, which creates the ultimate Tzchayk, which means that every person has the same Mayan. In every person there's the river, 
those, let's call them the conscious, the conscious flow of water, because Naharis, as he said, are visible. It's what you see. Then there's the wellsprings, the deepest, deepest wellsprings of, of wisdom, of inspiration, of water, of depth, that are completely invisible. They're inaccessible. You have to dig and dig and dig through gravel and dirt and rubble and debris and earth and soil and sometimes rocks and pebbles and boulders maybe to get to that Mayan. And in every person's life as well, the Mayan, the wellspring of a person, the true Pnimius, the true Mohus, the true Atmos, the core of cores that is rooted in the Mayan above, in the wellspring above, can only happen through Rivka. Rivka was a person, everything that she had, she had to confront, she had to fight for. Her background was different, her father was different, her brother was different, the entire family was different. The Medrash says, Rivka is kishayshana bein hachuchim, like a rose plucked from the thorns. A rose is, is bedecked and surrounded and encompassed by thorns, and Rivka is kishayshana bein hachuchim, it's a rose plucked by thorns. So the person says, why does the rose have to be among thorns? Why are there thorns? Why are there issues? Why is everybody carrying baggage and luggage? But instead of, in, and, and, and sometimes baggage in so many different places. And uh, some people just tell them, get over it. But sometimes it's not so easy to get over it. Somebody told me an anecdote. There was a fellow who came to the airport. And he asked uh, the person at the, the clerk there at the desk, he was checking in his luggage. He said he has three suitcases. Man says, fine. He says, but I want one suitcase to go to Los Angeles, one to go to Miami, and one to go to Tel Aviv. The guy says, I'm sorry. This is against policies. It's illegal. We're not going to do this. He says, last time you did it without me asking. <laughs> so people sometimes have their luggage dispersed also, scattered in a lot of different places with a lot of different calculations, with a lot of different experiences. And one of the big messages here is that, yes, I have to confront that, but that's my only channel, it's my only portal to my ultimate mayan. If I want to live a surface life, I can live a surface life. People survive on the surface. But the depth, the true you, will never be able to emerge. The true I will never be able to emerge. And the more you're afraid of something, the more it means that there's a mayan under it. <laughs> The more you're afraid of something, the more you run away from something, it's usually because there's a wellspring there. So instead of running from it, it's really summoning you. The Mayan is calling, it's beaconing you. Come, come, come drink. Come drink from your own wellsprings of water. How can the Mayan beacon you? How does it have access to you? Sometimes the only way it can beacon you is through a negative emotion. But the negative emotion is really an invitation. So for example, if I'm afraid to talk about something or to confront something or to deal with something, it's, it seems so imposing, so difficult, so challenging. Really, it's the Mayan, it's my wellspring, it's my internal fountainhead of water that is summoning me and saying, come drink from me, come explore me. But I don't have yet a positive relationship with it. So all it can do is it implants some type of, some type of feeling, some type of emotion. I'm afraid of this. Because there's an intense relationship here. That's the most I can access at the moment. So whenever you're feeling afraid or these similar types of emotions, don't run from it because that's the act. That's accessing something. That's teaching you something. It's pointing you. It's pointing you somewhere.
The Baal Shem Tov once said that uh, Hashem wants an intimate relationship with people constantly, but they won't understand the language when he says, Hi, I love you, I want to be with you. So he'll send them some type of love to something or some type of fear for something. And that's a channel, really, to be able to realize that there is a search here. You're searching for real love. You're searching for a different type of fear, a different type of awe, a different type of reverence. So when we stand at the face of the Maya, we have no way to access it, only through Rifka, when we ourselves can confront our animal our animal consciousness with everything that comes with that animal consciousness that feels itself separated, and all the feelings that come with separation, the insecurities, the loneliness, the solitariness, the, the, the pain, the frustrations, the fear of engagement, whatever every person, whatever their nefesh of Bahamas, develops, into from a little cute puppy into often a very complicated uh, animal that lives in its own orbit or its own zoo or its own jungle or in its own cage. That's where you ended up. And it's that confrontation of Rivka that allows one to go into the wellspring. So the person says, when is Ganeid? When am I going to have paradise? So that's what he says. Mayim rabim that the greatest waters of Ganeiden, and all the other rivers are powerful, they're amazing. That's what the Malachim have, that's what the Neshamas have. But the Ava, the Ava of a Neshama, Mili Bashamayim, Imchale Chafatsti Baritz, it's about time used to say, Echvilnisht, then Ganeiden Elian, Echvilnisht, then Ganeiden Atachte, Echvil Menisht, Azdichalein, I want you. So even the greatest Giluyim of the Naharais are only Ziv Hashchina. It's a prusa, it's a fragment, it's one that, that fu- it's very, very powerful and enthralling and fulfilling, but there's something deeper even in the pras, and that's the mayan itself, the core itself, the muhus itself, so mayim rabbim will never ever extinguish that type of love, that type of quest, even though that's a whole different, puts a person in a completely different place. And the river is the Yiddish and Neshama comes from a place that's that's beyond beyond the river. Now the Pasuk continues, the next piece in the Pasuk is, again, there's the Pshat, and there's how he's going to explain it, Alpinister. If a person will give all of his money to buy love, he will be shamed. People will look at it as a shameful act for a person to think that you could buy love with money. As I said, you could buy connections. You can't buy love. You could buy contacts. You could buy contact lists. You can't buy relationships. You can buy a clock. You can't buy time. You can buy a house, but you can't buy a home. That's how people shout. That there's a love that will not get extinguished and it's also priceless. There's no money that you could pay for it. Here, based on the pshat in this maimer, on a deeper spiritual level, he's also going to explain the second part a little different. A lot different. In Lashon Kodesh in Hebrew, im sometimes means when. Im in Chumash in Tanakh could mean if, which means it's a suffix, may be, may not be. 
Im tavayim loy tavayim. Whether you're going to come or not come. But sometimes im is a vaday. It's just when. For example, Peter Lamar, Lamarshal, Kemayim Kesef Talva. Parshas Mishpatim. It's not if you'll lend money to a poor person. Alpitayr, there's an obligation. Im Kesef Talva is not if. In other words, if you decide, it's a mitzvah to do. It's an instruction that if a person has the capacity, they should give a loan, a Kemilus Chesed, to somebody who needs it. The next is Im Yiyahav Yoival. The Pasuk in Parshas Bar. If Yoival will come. It's not if. Yoival is coming. The Jubilee year is coming. Every 50 years you have a Yoival. It's not Im Yoival. Again, it means when, Kasher, when Yoival will come. This and these are the laws of the Jubilee year in, in Parshas Bahar. That if, when you lend money, don't be a noisha, meaning don't come and nudge him if you know he doesn't have, don't come and make him uncomfortable with the, with, with, that he didn't pay you. When Yoivel comes, these are the halachas of Yoivel. Again, according to the literal interpretation, is if a person is going to give money for love, they will shame him. Im yitinish over here means something else also. Pirish kasher yitinish. Ish chazal say zakadish baruchu. Say Hashem ish mulchama. Ish zakadish baruchu. She yitin bevada. He will give it. Hashem will give hoin beisay baava. Vahainu laosid she yitin ulosh osid. Yitin is future. Shlaosid lava yitin is kol hoin beisay. That in the future Hashem will give all of the wealth of his home, all of his assets, so to speak. Now it's still not revealed. In the future, Ish Hashem will give Even though now one doesn't have access in the revealed way to Kolhoin Basic. Kolhoin Basic means all of his treasures, the whole, all of his assets, all of his oysters, all of his wealth. Kolhoin Basic. Not a, not a fragment of it, not a pras, all of it. So even though now it's not revealed. Nonetheless, this reality of Hoin Beise is mamish, not exaggeration. It's mamish accessed. A Torah through Torah, the Kad, the twenty-four Svarim of Tanakh, which and of course the Chavdalit Svarim includes the whole Torah because the whole Torah is a commentary on the Tanakh. Mishnayis, Gemara. Bavli, Yerushalmi, Rishonim, Acheronim, Poiskim, Sifri Nigla, Sifri Alocha, Sifri Nister, all Swarim of Torah are essentially an elaboration, an expansion of the Kad, of the Jug of Rifkim, and the Chavdalat Swarim Dereisa. Gemara Psachim explains the Psukim and Torah Shabbat on Pesach. What to do, how to do it, to make sure it's done, how to implement it, all of the, vari- the various intricacies and details, Gemara Shabbos, Gemara Erev, everything, Gemara Brachas, any concept in Torah, any reality in Torah is all an extension of the Kad of the Chavdal Tzvar and the So he says, don't think this is only something of the future. It's Nimshech Mamish Aydebchines Torah. In Torah, one has the essence, one has the Mayam, one has the full invisible infinity of the Eitzayf. And not only Eitzayf, but also Mitzvah Maisius, the mitzvahs of Maisa, meaning all of the 630 mitzvahs that the Torah enumerates. Shehim Chinnas, all of them go into the words. V'hoyu advarim ma'ela, these are the words. These words, asher anoichi mitzav chaya. Anoichi, he doesn't say ani, he doesn't say Hashem, he doesn't say alakim. Anoichi misha anoichi. Anoichi means I am who I am. In other words, I have no definition. 
it's I, in my core of the I, without names, you're going to access anoichi through Advarimela. There's anoichi. Anoichi nitzavaleina mayim, as he said. Eliezer says, I stand, which the Rem is, is anoichi Hashem alatecha, anoichi mitzav chayim. That stands aleina mayim. That is what Rivka was accessing, kemayachal, in the mayim, and she was bringing it up to Eliezer. And as a result of that, she can come to Yitzchak, mitzachik es Rivka ishtoy, and create the foundation of the Jewish people. That's also the interpretation of mitzavcha. Mitzavcha literally means I command you. The word mitzvah means commandment. Mitzvah is miloshin tzivui, letzavos, to command. Tzavos, b'nei Yisrael. Asher noichi mitzavcha is the words that I command you, I instruct you. But the word mitzvah, loshin kodesh, has a much deeper meaning. Comes the word tzavsa. Tzavsa means connection, a link, a bond. It's sometimes hard for people to be commanded. <laughs> but everybody wants to be connected. I don't know anybody who doesn't want to be connected. So there's two ways of looking at a mitzvah. One is a mitzvah is a commandment, which it's true, it is a commandment. But a mitzvah is also it's an opportunity for a connection. A connection with whom? A connection with your core, with your core self. A connection with the core of reality, with Anoichi, with Hashem Himself. That's the Anoichi Mitzavcha. So through the Chavdal Tzvarim and the Mitzvah, one has the Mitzavcha, the connection with Anoichi. The Ish, Zahadish Baruch, who gives you Kolhein Baisai, the entire wealth Kolhein Baisai. And that's why they made a, a, a Brach. Baruch Atah Hashem. Which is the blessing preceding every Mitzvah. Ato. The first is Baruch Ato, you. Who are you speaking to? You, Hainu Baruch. When you say you, it means two things. First of all, that you're right here. I can't say you if you're not here. If you're if you're somewhere else, I could say who, not Ato or he. But when I say Ato or At in the Lashon Kaiva, it means you're right here. When you're speaking in third person about somebody who's not present, you don't say you. You speak about them, or you speak about he, or you speak about she. So that's the first thing that Atta represents. But Atta means also all of you. Which part of you? It's not your nose or your eyes or a certain personality. Atta means you. It's even deeper than your name. Your name was given to you at a bris or given to you later. And sometimes people could change their names, etc. Atta means you. Like Anoichi, I. But who's I? It's all of you. Atta. So Baruch Atta is Hainu Mahusim Atzmusim. Baruch V'Nimshach. The word Baruch in Mishnayis is Hamavrich Esagefen, which means when you graft a vine, is an expression. Bricha Hamavrich, when you graft a tree, you take a branch and you put it in the earth and you want a new sapling to grow, that's called Bricha, which is Hamshacha. Basically, you're drawing it, you're accessing it further. Baruch Ato. It's not just you're blessed. Baruch Milashan Hamshacha. You're grafting Kabayachal Atzmos. You're accessing, you're being mamshech, you're grafting. It's like atzimus being accessed through. The, why now? Because you're about to do a mitzvah. It come, it's accessed, and then you continue. Baruch and now Hashem Eloikeinu Melechayla. So he says, "V'nimshech." It's accessed. In the name of Yud Kei which is the next word, 
which Yudke Vovke Amislabish Besasphiris. This is the way the divine is manifested in the ten divine characteristics. Yud, Bechachma, Chuli, he already assumes here knowledge, as he always assumes in all of these basic concepts. But generally speaking, we're not discussing right now the Esasphiris, but generally speaking, Yudke Vovke represents the flow of divine energy into the ten basic building blocks of creation. Yud represents Chachma, and He represents Bina, and the Vav represents the six Midas, and the last He represents Malchus, and as a result of that, the Atta is now accessed within Yudke Vavke, until it comes to, beca- it, 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 it's access to be the king of the world, meaning Malchus, Mokr de in Malchus, which becomes the source of all of the world's Bria, Yitzira, Asiya, Vuhu, and then we say Asher Kiddushanu b'Mitzvaisa. Asher is Lashon Oineg. Asher means that, but Asher comes from the word. You could have said Asher Kiddushanu b'Mitzvaisa. You don't need the word Asher. Asher comes from the word Asherei. K'moi be'Ashri ki'ishruni banos. In Parshas Vayetze, Asher is born, and Leah speaks about the fortune, the Oisha, the Gliklichkeit. It's a it's a, a person you say you bless a person with oisha with an aleph we're talking about, which is a form of tremendous tainug and pleasure. It's back to that laughter, to the pleasure, to the oisha, the gliklichkeit, that will be revealed in the future. In actuality, when Hashem will give his whole his entire hoin beisai. For who nimshach ach, but who this, this oisher, nimshach ach shav mamash. It's not created loss and love. It's revealed in the future. When is it access? It's access now. As the Gemara says in Erev in Ki Ayoyim La Soysom, Ulamachar La Kabbalschar. The Pasuk Ayoyim La Soysom, the Gemara says, today is the time to do, tomorrow you receive reward. Which means nothing happens then that didn't happen today. The action happens today. Then you only see it. It's like the curtains are open on the stage, and you see what you created on the stage. Somebody is observing a play, so they they build the props. My father once, I remember once, took me to a play, and uh, and they open the curtains, and I see these amazing props. I was a little kid, and I, it was hard for me to understand how momentarily they built such a beautiful stage. Then I figured out that they probably did it for weeks, but the curtains were closed. So when the curtains open, it's not then that they set up the stage. The stage was set up perhaps days, weeks, months, I don't know, in advance. The curtains simply gave me access to be able to see what has been created. When we speak about the Geula, that's the opening of the curtains. It's the Gilui. But the creation of it happens now. There's nothing in the world of Mashiach that is not in today's world. It's just the eyes will see. The perception will be clear. A person will be able to see who they are, what they achieved, what they accomplished, what life is. But So when we say, that the Mayan will be Nizgala, the ultimate schoik, the ultimate Tainug, the ultimate core, Asher, that happens today through Torah Mitzvahs. The Inyan Pirish Brachazu. And this bracha that the Chazal instituted to say, When you want to light up a far, a place that is very distant or a very dark place, you need a larger torch and add 
so that the light can expand further. In order to access the oil further down, even to the physical person, you have to add in the torch, which is a bracha of Lachay number Razal Chayev Adam Lavarech Meya Brachas Bechol Yoim, which each bracha is that precedes the mitzvah, or whatever type of bracha the person makes, puts a person in this mindset and this awareness of what they're about to do. On this is what the Chazal meant in Pirkeyavis. One hour. An hour doesn't necessarily mean 60 minutes. It means one while, a little short time. It could be a half an hour. It could be 20 minutes. In Olam Hazen, this world is nicer. It's more beautiful than the entire life of Olam Hazen. Which this Mishnah perturbed many of the commentators because it seems to run contrary to conventional wisdom in Yadus, in Yiddishkeit Ashkafa, generally, we, we, generally our understanding is that this world is merely, as the mission itself says in Pekiyavus, it's a Proust or Kadesh Takanis Latraklam. This world is a corridor to go into the palace. So you don't take the corridor so seriously. It's like the lines on the airport to get through security, to be able to get on the plane, to get to your destination. Imagine somebody says, Yafir Shah Achas, waiting in the airport online. Mikol from the whole destination where you want to be for the rest of your life. It's a ridiculous statement. What do you mean? You have to do it, okay? You do it, some people do it, they're grouchy, and some people do it with a sense of humor, with habisot tzchayk. They know how to use the time. The Jewish ways, you come with a lot of food, and then it's not an issue. You eat a couple of meals on the security line, and you finish your waters, and then you're good. You numb, you numb the, the frustration and the pain of being in these places. But who's going to say, you're taking a road trip, you have to get somewhere, you're going to a chasana, you're going on a business trip, you're moving somewhere. Something going to say, being on the road is yafir from the whole stay there. You could say it's important, it's the only way to get there. I understand it's the only way to get there. The way to get to Elam Haba is through Elam Haba. In Elam Haba, you have to do what you have to do, and then you show your, your receipts. You show the You show the receipts. That you received in Alam Haza, all the receipts that you got from the people that came. And uh, that's when mainly you can have your ticket to Alam Haba. So here's where you get the ticket. But somebody is going to say, buying the lottery ticket is more significant than winning it and having it. Forever. Not only that, the same mission in Prekayovas contradicts itself. It says, one moment, one hour of pleasure, of kairas ruach, of fargenigin, of, of delight, of geshmak. And Elam Abba is better than the whole Chaya Elam Haza. person could live 120 years and enjoy themselves. But nonetheless, it doesn't come to the tainuk, to the geshmak of Shah Achas by Elam Abba, Mekol Chaya But suddenly here the Mishnah says, one hour of Tshuva Maizim Toivim. So I can understand that hour of Tshuva Maizim is extremely significant, because that's what gets you to Elam Haba. That's what many Mepharshim say. Since this is the ticket, so that's why it's so significant. But if the whole purpose of it is to get you there, it's not Yafa. By definition, the whole union of it, the whole mile is that it's going to get you there. So how can you say Yafa? The whole definition is it's a hachana. You could say it's important, don't underestimate it, don't forfeit it, because if you forfeit it, chas v'shalom, you lose the ticket, you don't have a ticket. But now, according to this mimer, we can understand a whole deeper meaning in this Mishnah. And it doesn't contradict the fact that Elam Haba is Elam Haba, 
and the Tainug there is Gewaldic, and what you experience there you can't experience in Elam Hazak, because there's no shells there, net this Gili Elokos, Nohar Yoytzameidin Lashkis Asagan, and there's Nenemiziv Ashkina, that's Emes. And therefore the Kairas Ruach, the pleasure in Elam Hazak is superior to all of Elam Hazak. But there's something in Shuva and Maisim Toivin Elam Hazak that is Yafa, that is greater and deeper, Mikol Chaya Elam from the answer from the whole Indian of Elam Hazak. What is this? So this is what he says. He says this as a glata hate. <laughs> these are these are very heavy heavy ideas. Ganeiden is rak ziv hashchina. Ganeiden is only ziv hashchina. Now we say only. It's not only ziv hashchina is is, is is pretty infinite. It's, you have to say rak. You have to just clarify it. The rak is not a psarak. Only like we say. You only give me, you only give me this, I want more. The rack itself you could live with for many, uh, many, uh, millennia, or maybe infinite millennia. But the vart is, it's ziv hashchim. So generally the hashkaf is, bechlal, that the purpose of everything is elam hab. I spoke about the Shabbos also in the Shir. If you listen to Shiurim, you'll look in Svarim, it's, it's not, it's not Chazar not Emes, it's Emes. You'll see, for example, if you learn all the Svarim of the Ramcha, or other svarim of Musar, or other svarim of, uh, of, of Ashkafa, of Machshav, of different branches, he right away starts off, Mesilis Yesharim, or Derech Hashem, or his other svarim. The focus is, the tachlis of life is, to get out of here, and to get out of here, to get into Elam Haba. To get into Elam Haba, God doesn't give free lunch, you have to work for it. And that's also part of the Tainuk, part of the pleasure is that you own it. It's not nama the chisuf, it's not bread of shame. When you get everything for free, it's shameful. But the ultimate purpose in life is lisanag al Hashem, to experience pleasure, and to have pleasure, and the ultimate pleasure is not the pleasure of spirit ribs, or the pleasure of anything else in physical life, even though that's pleasurable, it's the pleasure of lisanag al Hashem. And that's what Elam Hapa is, and the whole of life is a hachana for that, a preparation for that. The great, the, the, what's, the missing piece here, the few, but one mi- missing piece here is that it's completely counterintuitive to what the person feels. When we live in this world, there's a very deep connection between us and this world. So some will say, yeah, because you're a grabe behema. <laughs> you're a grabe behema. Real people, they're here, they're not here. But that basically means that very often, much of religion is about a person uh, repressing their connection with this world, which very often means that there's something very deep in me, very deep in me, that either I have to deny or I have to repress if I'm to take it seriously. The Balatanya here goes one step deeper. And what he's saying is, Avada Ganeidin is a place of Kairos Ruach, and Avada Ganeidin is a place of Schar. But when the Mishnah says, Yofa Shach, there's something in Elam Hazar that doesn't exist even in Ganeidin. It's not Ganeidin is everything in this world is a prusdur, and you have to wait online and make the best out of it and live and don't take it seriously at all and just get there. Which there's something that doesn't speak to the person in that. 
Even though there's a truth to it, there's an emiss to it. There's an emiss to it. But there's also an emiss in Elam Haza. And the emiss in Elam Haza is so powerful that in a way it has a depth and a truth that even Elam Haba doesn't have. This explains, I told the story, Shabbos, there's a Maisa, that the Baal Shem Tev, a couple once came to the Baal Shem Tev, and they asked for a blessing for children. And he said he couldn't give them, and this happened for years and years. And once they begged and pleaded for a promise to have a child, and the Baal Shem Tev finally acquiesced, he gave them. They had a baby. But shortly after that, Rebetzin Adel was the Baal Shem Tev's daughter. She saw that her father was he's dancing. So she asked him, what's the simcha? So he told her the story, and he said that after he did this, he got a communication from heaven that he lost his Elam Haba. This was direct betrayal of Ratzon Hashem, and he lost his Elam Haba. He was using his kaychas to fight the system, <laughs> so to speak, and he lost his Elam Haba. So Rabbi Zalda says, so what's, what's, you should cry. So he says like this, his whole life he wasn't sure if he's ever serving God. Maybe he's serving Hashem to get Elam Haba. Now, finally, he doesn't have the distractions. <laughs> now he can start serving Hashem. He doesn't have to be busy. Why am I doing it? Am I getting Am I doing it? Lishma, not Lishma for you, not for you. It's just, now the headaches are gone. Now I can just serve God, Abachaya, without, uh, without any distractions. <laughs> That's it, Abachaya. <laughs> That's what the Bosham Tov said. What's the, what's the Havon? Were you serving God? What's the Iker. You'll hear people speak. The whole motivation of But that's missing the Nakuda. That's missing the Nakuda. That's the Ziv. What I'm looking is for the relationship. And that's also the, the Havana and the story about Reb Nochem Chernobyl and the Moirenayim. He once came to a city, there was no mikveh. And uh, he asked, why there's no, no mikveh for women? He said, why is there no mikveh? He said, we can't afford it. It was a poor city. He said, nobody has money. It has to be. Eps ain't gvir. Somebody made it. He said, there's one person, but he's very stingy. He will not give. So Nachem Chernobyl got up in Shul on Shabbos. And he said as follows, whoever sponsors the building of the mikveh, I'm giving him my part in Elam Haba. The Jew was stingy, but he wasn't stupid. <laughs> So he said he'll come, he came forward and he said he will contribute the entire money for the mikveh, which he did. And Ibn Nachim Chernobyl gave him over his Elam for the mikveh. So I told once the story in Barapak, I was giving a shaitani that I told the story. So somebody said, Rabbi Jacob said, I don't understand the story. I mean, it's a very nice story and a great man and everything, the Moira and I, the Hindu the Moira and I, it doesn't make sense. The whole reason we use a mikveh, the whole reason we build mikvahs, the whole reason we want a mikvah is to get into Elam <laughs> If for a mikveh you're getting rid of the Elam you don't need a mikveh, <laughs> You can do that without a mikveh. <laughs> Not get your Elam So somebody sitting in the Shia said, you missed the point. By doing that, he knew he's going to get a bigger Elam <laughs> By doing that, he was giving up Elam to get a bigger Elam It's like you give up the little, you know, your mother asks the Give up your piece of cake, but she gives a wink to you. You're going to get the bigger piece of cake. This is just for your baby brother. He should think that he's getting the piece of cake. But you and I know I'm going to take you to 7-Eleven or to the bakery, and we're going to get you a bigger piece of cake. 
But the Amos says, he also missed the point. <laughs> he also missed the point. Because it's not, the, his paradigm of Yiddishkeit was, everything is rewards. Which is, which is nice. And it's true. It's not false. It's true. But it's just one limited aspect of it. I'm doing it because I want reward. Now listen, what a person has motivations to do good things and something is stopping you from doing bad things, whatever is good. Especially keeping you away from trouble. But what we're discovering here is that all of this is emes. But there's one deeper dimension. Deeper dimension is the nekuda. Let's see, so what does he say? Kanedin zivashchina. But there's an ava that Ganadin cannot satisfy. That's you, Ata. Not only a ray. That's what's called Hoin Beisay, as he explains. For this Ava, you have to get the entire Hain Baisi from the Ish, which he will give in the future, but he gives us access now. And you see it also in relationships. Everything is a marshal for a nimshal. The Rambam says in Hilchas Chuba Perik Yud that the whole concept of marriage is a marshal for the relationship of Hashem and the Jew, the whole Shir Hashirim is a marshal for the relationship. You see, you have two types of relationships. One type of relationship, which is a fine relationship, it's not bad, is, I want to be with you for one reason. I'm going to get schar. It's rewarding to be with you. It's rewarding. Why are you laughing? It's rewarding in the next world. Huh? Okay, sometimes it's in the next world, yeah. Pretty lousy marriage probably, but I'm sure some people do it. I get emails all the time of people who are struggling, and they write naturally, I'm afraid to reach out to try to get help for the struggle because I understand that the more I struggle and suffer, the more the reward will be in the future world. Why should I give that up by trying to get rid of the suffering? When you but what is it based? What's the what's the concept based on? The concept based on is it's all about reward and punishment. You'll suffer more here, you'll get more reward there. So sometimes you have a whole relationship that's based on this. If I'm close to you, I'm going to get reward. If I'm distant from you, I'm going to get a punishment. That's what's motivating the relationship. Now we all understand. Although that can produce fine results and a person could behave and a woman could behave and a man could behave and they could be civil to each other and so forth. There's a fire missing. There's an inspiration missing. There's an enthusiasm missing. There's something off. Imagine you go home and you tell your wife, uh, this relationship, I'm not sure how much it means to me, but somebody's doing the laundry <laughs> and somebody's making supper and Elam Habba is going to be Givaldic. But a real relationship means, I want you. I want you. I want to be connected to you. And if I don't have you for Ibn Nachim you'll give me a Elam Haba, a Her, Elam Haba, in if there's no Mikveh, Vastafach Elam Haba. In the Mikveh he has Atzmus, Elam Haba he Ziv. If without Mikveh, what do I need Elam Haba? The Baal was happy, because the Baal says, now I can be in a relationship without distractions.
Now, of course, the MS is, when we speak about this, we speak in very polarized terms, because the real, con in other words, ultimately, there is about it's about the synthesis and the integration between the two worlds. But the Nekuda is that this is the Yitin Ishas Kol Hoin Ba'ava. This type of Ava of the Neshama will not be silenced through the Mayim Rabbim because it doesn't want only the Ziv. The Ziv means I have a ray, a glimmer. I want the entire core. I want you. I said there was a Chassid. There was a Chassid of the of the fourth Lubavitcher Rebbe, the Rebbe Maharash. And uh, Rabbi Rashab, fifth of Rabbi, his name was Rabbi Yaakov Mordechai Bespilov. Rabbi Yaakov Mordechai Bespilov. And uh, he was the Rav of a city called Paltava in the Ukraine. It's not far from Hadich. It's Paltava. It's a city in the Ukraine. It was a prominent city with a prominent community. And he was the Rav there. Rabbi Yaakov Mordechai Bespilov. They called him the Paltava Rav. I sing his niggin very often. The Paltava Rav's niggin. He used to daven with a, a beautiful niggin he used to daven with. That's the Paltavir of Znigin. He was a Dahoy bin Ayyid. And, uh, this they say a mice about him that he, he slept on a bench. For, he slept on a, to, to refine himself. He didn't want to be addicted to materialism. So he slept on a bench for like 30 years. I don't know if every night of this was Tamanat, but very often he slept on a bench. And as a result of that, as he got older, he fell ill. And uh, before his death, he said that he regrets it. Why? He feels that as a result of that, his health deteriorated, and he became sick faster. He wasn't a young man, but he's... And he said, he said, as I in Yiddish, he says, A malt fillin is best of secure of a bank. One time putting on tefillin is greater than sleeping on a bench for 30 years. Even though sleeping on a bench for 30 years, sigufim and tiniest, and it's refining, but his aim of tefillin is secure of a bank. That's what he said. So Chassidim repeated the story they used to say, as a, the Paltavarov was right. <laughs> he was right. To be able to say this, he had to sleep on the bench for 30 years. <laughs> Which is the concept of Olam Haba. <laughs> That's what Ziva Shechina means. That's where Olam these two things are not contradictory. Sometimes Olam Haba and then there's God, Chas V'Shalom. The Pnimius of Olam Haba is the Chayich Atzmos. It could... Olam Haba is also a reflection. Olam Haba is how the ziv comes out. Like everything in life, truth is everywhere. The question is how much of it you accessed in that experience. Olam Haba on its own is the ziv. It's an oversimplification to say that, for example, that we say, we're longing for Yom Shetzadikim Yoshim, we're saying, so we're asking Taka Ziv. but we're asking for the ziv that we get after the Yom here, Not to go straight, because that's, that's self-defeating. Yeah. So when a person says, in this world, I want to be in Ganeiden. What's that Ganeiden? I just want to sit back and I want to be in a paradise world. What do I have to deal with this and deal with that? But the truth is that sometimes in Ganeiden, all you'll have is Ziv. 
And in the avoid in Torah mitzvahs, you have the atzmos amuhos, the essence. So it may not be as dazzling and glorifying and gratifying in the sense that I, I feel enthralled and uplifted and inspired. We all know that this world has a lot of nitty and gritty days. Did I say that right? Okay. <laughs> You could check after the you'll check the text and you'll see what I'm talking about. You can't even get away for an hour. Hayoyim la soysa. And there's always something to deal with and there's always something to confront. And Baruch Hashem, sefelt nishtois. I mean, everybody should only have paradise and comfort and tranquility. But even the greatest paradise and comfort and tranquility in this world comes with a lot of, a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. B'zeyas apecha toichalecha. The person says, when can I just sit back <coughs> and sit in Gan Eden? But the truth is that a person should never ever despair or underestimate the gewaldic value of the avoider every moment of the day within the world, within the physical world, which is encompassed by Torah mitzvahs, whatever that moment demands. Because there one has a noichi chaya. The entire core, the atzmos, maybe you don't have the pras, maybe you don't have the ziv, that's why you don't feel it. If you would have only the ziv, you can't be, uh, you can't be, uh, you can't be immune to it. If you, if the light, if you have the ziv, you feel it immediately. When you don't have the ziv, when you don't have a glimmer, you have the essence, I may not feel. And the reason I may not feel is because it's bigger than my feeling. It's much more powerful than my feeling, but it's truth. I'm touching truth. You have to look at the value of what you're doing, the value of what you're involved in, that it's the embodiment of ultimate truth. Amen. Amen. Please remember, tomorrow morning there's no shear. The opening and the moral class is upstairs.
Tata Fasta? In what to shout at Moshe, yes, bit. With the first Batata Kara, what's the first Batata Tata Kala. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.